Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Yeah, panel this morning is uh, going to consist of uh, Hamish Bidwell, just uh, trying to get Hamish up on the line. But we do have uh, Mark Hinton with us uh, straight away from the outset. Uh, Mark Hinton, good morning to you. Uh, look, uh, every time I watch a test match these days, something uh, catches my eye, takes it by surprise. I still can't quite get over what I saw on Saturday night. Can you put your head around it? Are we getting this horribly wrong as fans, as, as uh, watchers of the game? Um, over this card setup, this card system as such, are we are we, are we confusing ourselves here? Or is it as simple as as what it should be? Um, <laughs> good morning, Smithy. Yeah, um, I, it's as clear as mud, isn't it, when it comes to uh, cards and uh, and everything these days? Look, clearly, yeah, we we have to get our heads around this. Um, if you put yourself in a position to make head contact you are going to um, see a card. If you knock a ball forward um, in, in any manner um, on defence, you are going to see a card. It's two aspects of the game that have, that doesn't, they don't sit comfortably with people, do they? But they are here to stay, both of them. Um, the, zero, the sort of zero um, tolerance around head contact and, and this sort of deliberate knock-on rule that they seem fixated by. So, yeah, I think we do have to get a head around it. Um, um, and, and the most disappointing thing of all, Smithy, was the, the New Zealand rule around red cards that sort of that, that created the situation where a player could be replaced after 20 minutes, I thought was a pretty sensible rule in this era. And look, it's come home to roost, hasn't it, with the early sending off on Saturday night, creating you know a situation where... where um, I guess there was a uh, imbalance for, for a large percentage of the match, and it, and it probably swayed it. Look, could, look, could the All Blacks still have won? You know, with the numerical disadvantage, of course they could. The Wallabies did it a week earlier against England. So I don't think we pin everything on that, but it just created such, I guess, so much. Um, it's created such uncertainty. It created, I think, panic in the All Blacks ranks, and it created. Um, worrying, um, a worrying lack of organisation, really, in the New Zealanders as well. I, I just thought they looked confused side all night, um, a bit like the fans scratching their heads over the decisions. I don't think the All Blacks ever came to terms with what happened, and the result was they were staring uh, down the barrel of a loss at the end, Smithy, that you know really doesn't doesn't sit comfortably with with All Blacks fans because we was the fight, it just wasn't there. Okay, Hamish uh, Bidwell joins us uh, again this morning. 
as well, Hamish, as you were looking on. Well, what were you making of that, that whole scenario? Could you keep up with who was coming and going? Oh, I enjoyed it immensely. It was one of the best games I've seen. Like, I love to see the befuddlement on Ian Foster's face. I love to see him uh, getting who goes on and who goes off wrong. I love to see the All Blacks struggling and losing. I think it's good for rugby. I think it's good for the All Blacks. Um, I didn't appoint Ian Foster. I wouldn't have appointed him. I certainly wouldn't have reappointed him. And I enjoy watching him struggle. I said to you last week that we just have to get on with it now. Well, getting on with it, in this case, means enjoying their struggles. Like, I, I don't think... Like, the laws are hard. I, I feel for Piper. I feel for all referees who have to administer the laws. But they're not that workable at the moment, but they're in an invidious position, officials. And to be fair, the All Blacks are used to playing with 13 anyway, because if you're playing on the wing outside Rico Ioane, you're a spectator, because he dies with the ball all the time. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a thoroughly entertaining and enthralling match, same as the week before, and I'm looking forward to Saturday. So, uh, in respect, uh, in uh, respect of, of what you saw over the weekend, uh, what about on the field of play? Do you think the confusion stems from off the field of play? I mean, do we do we have direction on the field of play uh, to uh, any degree of your liking, Hamish? No, I thought the All Blacks were losing that game, uh, regardless of who was or wasn't on the field. Um, the final score flattered them; they were thoroughly beaten. I think a team better than Ireland would have turned more of those breaks or half breaks into points. Um, you could say it was manful defence, good scrambling by the All Blacks, but I, I thought Ireland were, were miles better. And uh, whenever a team can tackle the All Blacks, they don't seem to have a plan B. They, 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 they're used to sort of almost people falling at their feet. And um, yeah, when you stand up to them, when you match them physically or dominate them as Ireland did, there's no plan B, there's no sense of what to do from here. Um, yeah, and I reckon that's good. Like, I... I in the wider scheme of things, we've seen Northern Hemisphere teams win this week. You know, that's good for rugby. We can't have foregone conclusions. We can't have one-horse races. We need to have uncertainty about results. We need to have um, challenges, difficulties, those sorts of things. They're, they're, they're good for rugby. Uh, All Blacks' dominance, I don't think, helps the game. Um, and I, I like to see NZR under pressure because they've made this bed and uh, they're going to have to line up. OK. Um, <coughs> some, uh, pretty... Uh, <coughs> Uh, I think uh, pointed remarks there at, at the coaching side of things and, and uh, Mark Hinton. Uh, I've got to say, um, uh, I'm, uh, jury's out for me on, on it now because we see the same problems reoccurring. And the, this physicality thing, this you, you've got to be physical, but um, you can't be, afford to be too physical, it seems. So <clears throat> I, I, I feel a little bit, you know... Uh, from one week to the next with the, with the uh, officiating of the game as well. I just, I kind of think some referees are a little bit more liberal, a little bit more common sense in the, the way they view things, and, and some aren't. Yeah, um, you know, not, I'm not sure what Angus Ta'avau could have done um, to avoid that situation, um, and, you know, and, and, and culpability on his behalf was pretty minimal, but, you know, he got himself in that in that situation by coming in upright I guess that's the only thing I mean if you if you come in with your head up into a tackle situation you are going to um, risk these type of situations you need to get down and tackle around the waist clearly um, so yeah look Smithy the biggest concern for me is um, in three of the last four tests you know all under Foster um, the, the All Blacks have been asked questions and and not only didn't have answers we're flat out bereft of, of 
of anything resembling solutions. And, and, and the one exception was Eden Park last week. And look, it's notable that it was a week in which Foster was absent for the entire week. Hamish has hinted at, at it. Um, should he have been reappointed last year on the back of two wins over the Wallabies? Absolutely not. It was a ridiculous decision at the time. I, I lamented it. Um, I felt it was way too premature, and as time would play out, they went on to lose to the box and then back to back to Ireland and France on tour. And if they had their time over again and assessed Foster's situation at the end of his two years, I think you might have, well, they at least could have had a, had a different result. But uh, as Homie says, um, they've made their bet. They've reappointed Foster for two more years. It would be unprecedented for them to back down on that now to sack him. They'd have to pay him out two years. They can afford it. They've got a bit of money in their chest at the moment. But they would also have to admit they were wrong. So I think we're playing forward with Ian Foster. So we have to find that, well, the All Blacks have to find solutions. And, and at the moment, they look a long way off, Smithy, don't they? They, they? they just didn't have the answers on, on Saturday, whether that was physicality or whether it was just flat-out organisation and ability to respond. They hung in there for the first half and showed, showed p- p- positive signs, I thought. I thought at half-time they were a chance to win, and, and it would have been a fabulous test win, you know, given the situation, but then they just really didn't fire a shot in the second half. So there's a, a lot to fix, um, and, and, and why you pull your best player off in a situation like that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever, and we shouldn't gloss over the fact that that was a monumental cock-up. You, you don't remove your best player. If you look at that loose trio, um, who's the one guy in that loose trio that you, that you really can't afford to have off the field? It's certainly not Artie Savia. And the guy you must have on is certainly not Sam Kane. So I, they just got that so badly wrong and it really summed up a shocking weekend for the All Blacks. Yep, totally agree. I, I totally agree with, with that uh, sentiment about Artie Savia. They must have... Look at each other uh, up on the box and say, "How, how do we take Artie off? Do, who, who took Artie off? I mean, how, how come Artie's not out there? I'm, uh, surely they must have at some point thought we got that horribly wrong, and then they found out they couldn't have him for the rest of the game. They must have sat back and thought we're toast." Ten thirty-three here. We'll be back very shortly with part two of the panel. Big talk, big opinions. The panel. Ten thirty-five. Uh, we have uh, Hamish Bidwell and Mark Hinton with us this morning on the panel. Hamish Bidwell, news coming through overnight that uh, Novak Djokovic wins Wimbledon number seven for him, and uh, not quite for Nick Kyrgios. Uh, what did you make of the last few days at Wimbledon, Hamish? Uh, I struggle with tennis, and one of the reasons is I'm slightly conspiracy theorist type, and you know, footage of. Novak Djokovic signaling to his box for instructions with a bottle he had and then inhaling a mystery substance and then not elaborating on what that mystery substance is. You know, out in the world, there are people who wonder how some ageing tennis players have achieved their longevity. Um, I won't speculate upon it here, but, um, you know, you could make your own conclusions. But, yeah, there's, there's some things that I think you struggle to take at face value with some elite sports, and uh, tennis would be one of them. And then you had Kyrgios as the opponent facing a domestic assault charge just generally a brat of the highest order. Um, yeah, tough one to get enthused about for me, that one. Okay. Uh, Mark, did you uh, take a, a little note of it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, <laughs> didn't quite have the dark read on it that uh, Hamish did. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's interesting, isn't it, when, when Djokovic is kind of a good guy. <laughs> it shows you who's across the other side of the net from, no doubt about it. 
Kyrgios is an interesting character. A lot of people say he's good for the game because he brings he brings fans that are, um, I guess, not not your normal tennis fans. But if someone alienates kind of your core supporters as much as Kyrgios does, you got to wonder about how, just how good they are for the game. Look, he, he is a very unusual type of guy, and inevitably beats himself and finds a way to unravel um, and it's kind of it's kind of one of the great things about watching and it's like watching a car crash you, you know something's going to happen um, and it's going to be you know pretty ugly <laughs> and you just uh, you just wait for that moment he reasonably held it together for, from what I can work out I didn't stay out through the night to watch it but um, he um, you know he vaguely sort of by his standards held it together enough um, but still found ways to kind of, you know, blame everyone but himself. I mean, that's the thing with Kyrgios, isn't it? But the other side of it, Djokovic now uh, poses to within one of Nadal. And we've got this really interesting situation, haven't we, of of, um, of who's going to end up with the most Grand Slam titles, uh, uh, whatever means they have done to get there. Um, you have to think that Novak Djokovic is... Uh, has got that within him, if he can hold it together for the rest of the year, whatever magic potions he may or may not take. Well, here we find ourselves at 10.37 on a Monday morning, Hamish Bidwell, and we heard nothing from the Warriors camp already. Uh, this is a wonderful start to the week for them on the back of the appointment of uh, Andrew Webster last week uh, as their new head coach. Uh, another turbulent week. Yeah, I, I feel ashamed sometimes as a rugby league fan, but I live in New Zealand. It means we get a lot of Warriors news and, and fairness to them. They don't really merit it. They are an irrelevance. They are... Uh, an A-League organisation, like a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing and the Warriors owner Mark Robinson has a little bit of knowledge of rugby league, at least in his mind and so he, his, his fingerprints are over everything and, and it's a strange club, like you can't attract people to come and the people that are there don't want to stay there That's, it doesn't speak that well of the environment, that doesn't speak that well of the organisation, notwithstanding the challenges that COVID has you know, forced upon the team and the dislocation and all that kind of stuff, like it's not a club that people want to stay at or go to. That's that's a real issue. And Andrew Webster, no one was competing for his signature as, as head coach. Um, he wouldn't have been hired by any other club. I, I can't see anything changing or improving. Um, I, I think we are at the point where we do have to worry about or wonder about the people owning the club and running the club and whether they're the, the right people for the club because as it stands, they're a bit of an embarrassment. They are, uh, Hamish, and uh, I've got to say, uh, Mark Hinton, while you had most of your eyes on rugby uh, over the week, uh, I'm not sure the the, uh, the name Andrew Webster, with the little bit I've known about him, makes me want to rub my hands together and think, yes, we're on the right track for next year, let's get it started. <laughs> and what's even more extraordinary is they've appointed him on a three-year term. I mean, a guy with, you know, as, as Hamish says, not exactly a glittering CV. Why do you appoint the guy for three years, Matt? You know, possibly the only terms he'd come on, but um, three years seems a long time for a guy that's kind of still proving himself at this level and, and, and with the Warriors track record. Um, but, you know, you wouldn't back on him seeing out that term, would you, Smitty? Um, yeah, at, you know, at, at a moment like this, you'd expect to be awash with... Um, hearing and seeing from Andrew Webster, wouldn't you? This is a club that needs some positive um, vibes around it. They're on a one-match winning streak, so um, you know um, you would think they'd be out, out there um, 
knocking the media's door down and trying to sell everyone on the story of, of the new coach. But if they're not doing that, and um, I'm, you know, I'm not part of the Warriors sort of day-to-day coverage by any stretch, so I wouldn't know for sure on this. But it, you know, it just seems like a story they should be selling to us. They should be, you know, uh, uh, they should be making us aware of who this guy is, and, and, and we're not hearing a lot, are we? So um, yeah, yeah, them dropping the ball, not a big surprise. Okay, um, Mark, uh, also we've got a little matter of uh, news, the Maori All Blacks uh, taking on Ireland in uh, game number two of their mini-series. Uh, what are you expecting now? I mean, uh, Andy Farrell has limited resources anyway. How do you think he's going to play this? Well, he's got to use basically uh, every fit player that, he, that he's got available that he doesn't need for next Saturday. That, that has to take absolute priority. So whatever team he puts on the field for this match, it means nothing. No one's going to remember what happened in the two games against the Mary All Blacks of Ireland when not only their first test in New Zealand, but when their first test, se- test series. I mean, it would be an extraordinary achievement. So this, this match, as much as we like to, uh, to soak it up and enjoy the um, competitiveness and the special nature of the Māori All Blacks, it means absolutely nothing to Ireland, especially this week with his, with his series at 1-1. So... Um, I, you know, I just think he sends out a group that will do the least possible damage to his prospects for next Saturday in Wellington, and it's a, you know, it's whatever happens, happens kind of a game for Ireland that you know they have little to gain. But um, so I expect the Maori team to to win and quite probably win win well again because um, yeah, I think with Ireland it's just all about next Saturday. Okay, uh, Hamish Bidwell, thank you very much. Mark Hinton, thank you very much for those opinions on various matters uh, over the weekend and looking forward to uh, Mario Black's uh, tomorrow night at uh, Wellington, at Sky Stadium in Wellington. It's uh, coming up to uh, 10.43. We shall have another panel, of course, uh, tomorrow morning, round about the same time. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.